Hey, welcome back to the Etc. Show. Um, and we like to do extra segments from here and there. And um, I got um, Paul with me. Paul, wild night recording. We kind of hung out and did another segment. How are you tonight? I'm hanging in there. How are you? Pretty good. I'm starting to get tired. So I know we may hit a moment where I start speaking gibberish, and we should know we should cancel the show right then. But we'll see how far we get before we get there. Um, uh, very interesting. I am watching Hurricane Ian coverage. That's when we record this, and their weather guys getting dumped on by rain right now. So it's very interesting. So uh, our our thoughts and prayers, and not even just thoughts and prayers, but our hearts are going out to the Florida people right now. It's crazy. Uh, hearing 155 mile per hour winds down there, uh, which is rough. So pray for those guys. We're fortunate we're not there right now, but. It's tough. Uh, I, I wonder, um, we might get some of that rain this weekend. It's hard to say. Never mind. All right. Well, Paul, what I wanted to talk to you about tonight, uh, it was interesting. Uh, there was an article that came out in Church Leaders Magazine, and um, they did a poll, and it mentioned how three fourths of Republican evangelicals want the U.S. to be declared a Christian nation. Um, you know, as we know, going into the 2022 mid-year elections, as well as the upcoming 2024 elections, I, you know, Republican Party is kind of playing on more of a culture wars, kind of the thought of, hey, we've, we're not, you know, believing the Bible and God anymore, so let's go crazy, let's call us a Christian nation. And, you know, if you don't know Paul and I, we're both Christians, Paul's a pastor. And, you know, I, I put out a tweet earlier today just saying, hey, I'm a Christian, but it sounds very undemocratic if we're telling people what to believe or what the official faith is. Um, Paul, what's your understanding of what an official religion of a democratic country would be? I mean, they're not going to execute people for not being a Christian, but what form do you think that would take? If well, here, Here's the dicey part, because th this is getting into the the uprise of clamoring for Christian nationalism, where it becomes, this is only professing Christians should be in leadership positions in the country um, that you are going to now reinstill prayer and Bible study in schools. And as a pastor, as a Christian, uh, takes my faith very seriously, I would say this would be a horrible idea uh, for the sake of democracy. Um, but th that's based on what I hear from people who support Christian nationalism. That's the kind of thing they're talking about. Um, they want only Christians to be presidents, senators, congressmen, uh, governors, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so that's just starting point A for what this would look like. And, you know, Christian nationalism frustrates the heck out of me. So, I mean, you know, I'm not into that. It's funny. Okay, as a Christian, I believe that God's the way to get to heaven, you know, with a personal relationship with Jesus. But, Paul, I, I got to think here, and I really feel this way too, if Christians, we want to have the, the freedom of religion to worship Jesus, that other people need to have the freedom of religion too, because if you yep. sit there and say you can't, then 
what happens when somebody else in power doesn't like Christianity. I mean, again, I, I think it's ludicrous to sit here and say anyone's going to get persecuted or anyone's going to get like, killed for their faith or whatever. But we're setting up this tone where you wonder why Christians get made fun of at times. You wonder why Christians take other people off. It's because of crap like this. Well, I think in terms of, you know, nobody's going to get persecuted. I think the difficulty is going to come in at the grade school level where, I mean, I think about a community in Cleveland I lived in that had a very large Muslim population. So when you have to stand up, do the pledge of allegiance, and then maybe a pledge to the Christian flag and say the Lord's prayer, whatever else you want to instill on this, what becomes of the, whether it be, Muslim students, uh, the Hindu students, uh, whatever profession of students there are, what becomes of them? You know, are they, do they have to recite it too? Will they get in trouble if they don't? Um, If they step out into the hallway during this, uh, there's going to be a level of, uh, I don't want to say bullying, but there's going to be implications uh, there's going to be a pressure felt by those students uh, if those things are enforced. And that's I because of uh, the Constitution and what this country is supposed to be about. Uh, I'm not an advocate for prayer in schools. I'm not an advocate for uh, mandatory Bible study in schools. Um, yeah, so I, I, I'm mostly concerned at least without trying to follow a slippery slope, I'm mostly concerned about young kids and what this, the impact this will have on them. Uh, if, if now all of these uh, Christian, uh, for lack of a better term, indoctrination tools are put into the classroom, the impact that could have on the non-Christian students. Well, and the whole thing becomes such a stupid political issue, because if you think about this, I mean, my high school was pretty Christian friendly. <laughs> Uh, they probably would have gotten in trouble with some of the stuff they enacted and everything else. But, you know, even if you said don't pray in schools or if you say don't read the Bible, well, I don't think they could tell you not to read the Bible. But if what I'm saying is whatever's being said, you can pray quietly. Yeah. Um, you know, take your Bible to study hall and you can read it. I mean, yeah, I, just when I was in high school, I carried my Bible to every class with me. Um, I was given permission to do an after-school Bible study. Um, all of those things are still true and available. Um, it, it's uh, it just this political toying with, right. it, for whatever purpose, it, it it doesn't do the country any good to say we're going to make this an official Christian nation and we're going to put prayer back in schools and. Nobody's stopping you from praying in school. Nobody's stopping you from reading your Bible in school. We, there's this narrative that the American education system is banning it. No, they're not. Um, the, they're not brainwashing you to be an atheist. They're, they're not brainwashing you against Christianity. Uh, there's this narrative that that's happening, and it's not. Well, and to give credit, they're not really, I mean, there's no proposal out there. Somebody just raised the question, hey, would you right. um, 
like if America ever called itself, you know, the official religion is Christianity or whatever else the case might be. But yeah, it just sets up all kinds of dangerous uh types. Well, I mean, of like here in Pennsylvania, one of the gubernatorial candidates is a professing Christian nationalist and he wants to see this become an actual uh, oh, thing yeah. that's voted on eventually. Well, and you can see everything. And I'll be a hundred percent transparent. I know our shows are usually really goofy, but uh this were yeah, we gotta have fun, but we're still on you know, it's a serious issue. I gotta be honest with you, Paul. Okay, yeah, as a Christian, hey, you know, I'm I'm for some stuff, I, I guess I would say. But we have made this election so much about culture wars. Yep. Like, oh, there's gonna be transgenders playing women's sports and uh lock up your kids, they're gonna win all the races <laughs> or whatever else the case might be. And I, I'm at a situation where we're dealing with county services for our kids. So earlier tonight, we have a meeting about that. And the interesting thing is, you know, funds are either not available or very hard to obtain. And look, if we have to pay, we have to pay. I'm not just griping because we may have to pay money. But the situation is, we're, I'm hearing so much from the news and other places about we're yelling about culture wars and all this other stuff. We're calling each other's names because we can't agree politically. Where in my county, Franklin County, the center of Columbus, we don't have money to take care of kids in need yeah. at all. And nobody gives a crap about it. You know, we're, we're more excited about uh, because very few people are giving money to politicians to lobby for kids. They're not. And it just frustrates me half to death that we're not doing more by um, here in Ohio. They talked about, Oh, we're giving more money for funding to help kids out. Well, the people that are making this money, you know, making these decisions, the money they give can only pay people 10, 11 bucks for watching kids or helping kids or tend to their needs. Who's going to work for that? Nobody. Yeah. I, I'm not working right now for 10, 11 bucks an hour. And it just, it shows to me, the lack of dedication or whatever that we have for protecting those are poor that are poor. Yeah. I mean, Jesus talks about caring for the widows, caring for the orphans. And, you know, I look at orphans as some of the kids that we've dealt with, some of the kids that we've adopted and friends of ours have adopted. And we do that because God calls us to do that. And yeah, I, I think God has some feelings about the culture. It's out there, and he has some feelings about what he prefers. But we're making all of our politics into, hey, let's enact all these, you know, things that we think God would like when the stuff that we really need to do, we're not helping people with. Exactly. And I I don't want to, people are like, oh, is that where he leans politically? But they, we are so enmeshed in this battle about now they want to start looking at revoking same-sex marriage. Um if, if America is the freest country in the world and the Constitution promises life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness for everybody, there's no constitutional reason why two loving people shouldn't be allowed to get married. We're fighting these battles, but kids are suffering and we don't care. And Christians, the, well, I vote the Bible, which is code for I vote against abortion. I vote against homosexuality. What about the passages that you mentioned about caring for the poor, the needy, issues issues of justice and mercy and 
that we we forget about those passages. Well, and we talked about this before the show. I mean, based on my background, I have feelings on some of those issues. Um, they're not absolute anymore, for one. But two, I'm looking at it and saying, you know, Paul, when we were young, maybe we should be more adversarial in the podcast. But when we're young, I mean, I sit there and argue with you on anything from football to, you know, taxes or whatever else gets what I argue about. Now, the older you get, I'm like, oh. I, I can't worry about everything. And yeah. I just, you know, again, these kids thing, they're in their hearts and minds because we got two kids now. They're like, uh, they, they have special needs and stuff. And it's just like, uh, what's the government doing? And and you might sit there and say, hey, well, you shouldn't count the government. Okay, then who's going to take care of these kids? Right. Because we're making decent money right now. We still can't take care of them for what we have. And, you know, if you're sour at that, tell me another reason. Tell me something else you could do. <laughs> that makes sense. Not Don't copy and paste something from the GOP website and say, oh, this is what they say. No. How does that make sense? How does that work for people? And I, I don't want to answer that question. See, I, I think that's what government should focus on is help stepping in to help people in the margins, stepping in to help people who – aren't able to help themselves or have the means to care for themselves, not in the business of imposing religious values, not in the business of imposing certain moral positions. Um, that, that's just, that gets really tough and that gets really dangerous. And I mean, I, I guess I look at it this way. You know, I, so many conservative Christians when Barack Obama was president, Oh, he's actually Muslim. He's trying to enact Muslim laws on this, uh, on the country. And that's horrible. We should see that the same as a conservative Christian enforcing conservative Christian values on the nation. The government should not be enforcing Christian values on anybody. If this is a free country. And so kind of circling that back to the, the topic at hand. Right. And I think, um, yeah, yeah, I think that freedom should extend to, um, how do we say this? Well, let's be blunt. Um, there's a policy that has become a center of the culture wars about, it's funny how we pick a baker, but we say, oh, what if a baker was um, asked to do a wedding cake for a gay couple? What should they say and everything? And that's almost become like a litmus test of where your face <laughs> at. Like, how would you respond if you were that baker? But yeah, but again, that's business. You know what I mean? I, I guess my simple question for that is, hey, it's business. As long as you're doing something appropriate, which most wedding cakes do that, why not? You're you're, you're making money and everything. Yeah. And, I, and I think we've gotten to the point where, as Christians, we we have the right intent. I think I'll go as far as to say that. But at the same point, you know, we make ourselves look silly when we do that. You know, it makes yeah. it kind of tough. And I, it's, you know, there's so much like we, Christians, we, we love this narrative that we're being persecuted. Um, and so we, we make up scenarios where we're persecuted. I, I think we need to back off on that. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, uh, I, my, my brain just went 10 different directions there at once, but, um, 
we we don't know what persecution is. I mean, <laughs> no. <laughs> if you want to be depressed, um, it's out there somewhere on YouTube. Uh, there's the I think it's called AD movie. NBC did this movie series about uh, 20 years ago, uh, talking about the the persecution of Christians during the Roman Empire, and it was pretty well done. It was one of those like you know TV series movies. And after watching, you know, Christians pretty much get fed the lines. You're sitting here like, yeah, this is persecution. Yeah, this is something to, <laughs> you know, freak out about. And, oh, and I, no, I, yeah, I, I, go ahead. I, I just remember what I was going to say before. Oh, oh, yeah, sit. sit. No, I, and this will get, this will flood your box with hate mail. But oh, good. I, I, I think it stems to this narrative that we have this pristine godly heritage that this country has nothing but jesus written all over it from day one um i I don't know that wiping out the native americans had jesus written all over it i don't know that slave labor had jesus written all over it um so it's kind of like we've we're trying so hard to convince ourselves that this is the greatest country in the world which i don't get that debate at all who cares? Why do we have to pronounce ourselves number one? Can't, can't we just say that every country has good things, every country has bad things? But it just, the, this issue of making this a Christian nation, it's 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 kind of hit a hot button in my, my brain wants to say 20 things in one sentence and it's... <laughs> yeah, I don't disagree with anything you're saying. I, I think the ridiculous thing about it is, and again, it's a pool question. Again, it's not a you know, proposed law in the books or anything else like that. But even if it does happen, what does it even mean? I, I mean, it's just this political point thing. It's like the immigrants that they, uh, Florida, they sent to Martha's Vineyard up in, in the northeast part. It doesn't mean anything. You're doing it for a political pawn. And the worst thing about what happened to the immigrants is it meant something to those immigrants that pretty much got shoved off for nothing. And I, I, I guess, and you know, we could talk about this more if you want, but I guess it comes down to how you represent Jesus in what you do. And it's, yeah. you know, if you're on a podcast, if you're at school, work, whatever else the case might be, if you're sitting there and if you represent Jesus or making some type of political commerce statement comes at the expense of other people, you're not doing what you're doing. You should be doing, you know? And that that's my fear is even though it might be a political thing now, what what could be what could turn into practical applications? And that's where it gets frightening for me. Um, you know, do Christian churches stay tax free, but now all mosques have to pay taxes and and what really could become implications of it? And that's that's a road that I pray we never actually go down. Well, and I persecution I could see happening. And again, very um using the quote marks when I say persecution. I you talk about you know tax breaks. You know, churches have not been taxed in the past, but I see this all the time. And yeah, we can name some churches that are very MAGA friendly. But there's probably a lot more if we really listen to a lot of sermons across the country. But, you know, if churches keep talking about politics, they're going to change that rule because you can't do that and be, you know, a nonprofit or tax exempt or something. And I can see if that happens, 
you got a lot of people who only give money to get that tax write-off. And, you know, I can see money's going down a little bit. And you can come back and sit, sit there and say, oh, you know, what's happening in the world today? Well, it's because as Christians, we're talking about stupid crap. It doesn't even matter, you know, and we're taking everybody off. And no wonder people are talking about doing stuff like that. Yeah. And, and, and with that persecution thing, I, we've got this mentality that cr- persecution against Christians is, is just getting so bad in America. When I think what's actually happened is it's been this enmeshing of the gospel and MAGA in that it's not Jesus that people are mad about. It's the politics. Like Kevin Sorbo was ranting that he's, he can't get work because he's a conservative Christian. It's like, no, but you're just not a good actor. Um, it was, Oh, it's persecution about Jesus it has nothing. The spirituality is going through the roof in this country. People are spiritual and they're interested in Jesus. What they don't want is this Jesus that apparently wears a red hat with white writing on it. And if you if you vote for Trump, fine. I mean, I, I may not agree with you here, but whatever. I'm not going to. But it, it just, and if you have a good reason to vote for him, maybe you like one small policy that has nothing to do with how other people are being treated or whatever. I mean, good for you, whatever, whatever the case may be. But it's just, it gets so frustrating when one side of the party, and I said what side that is, almost solely uses God and say, oh, you know, none of you guys can say anything else. You know, we're the party of faith. And it's, oh, it's so tough. Jesus is not a political pawn. And I hold that to the Republicans and I hold that to the Democrats. Um, don't, don't just hitch the gospel on the back of your wagon and say, oh, look at us. Um, no, Jesus actually loves the entire planet. Uh, not just our little corner of property here. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, Paul, as always, it's good good to talk to you. I'm Same here. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to feel that <laughs> tiredness, and <laughs> I, I'm thinking about ejecting while the things are good. Um, Paul, I can leave you on if you want to sit and just talk for hours by yourself, which sometimes I feel trouble. like I do that. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be rough. Um, but yeah, um, we haven't promoted too much stuff. I just keep lots of content. Um, taking a few days off because we're getting selling them for a new job. But we got a lot of content we're getting out. Uh, lots of good movie podcasts with uh, Craig uh, Schaup. Um, we, we've got our Excenter show. Uh, we took a little detour and talked about a serious issue. But usually we talk about horrendously silly things. Hopefully it'll make you laugh. And then we also have a Steelers show tonight. Which the Steelers are one and two. They lost to the crappy Cleveland Browns. So um, we got mad and ended up talking about ridiculous stuff at the end of that, too. So, <laughs> hey, if you don't like the Steelers, go, go with God. But uh, you might be like, why am I listening to this? Well, if you want to see three grumpy guys talk about the Steelers, great. This one's for you. Paul, anything going on in your life that you like to uh, talk about? Or what's the latest with you? What's happening? Uh, right now, I am. Actively writing my dissertation, so that's really consuming a lot of my time at the moment. Are, are you still with the big trumpet band? Yes, um, we are, actually the the big band has a performance coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, the Hot yeah. Metal Horns. Um, we are securing some additional musicians, and hopefully next week we can have an actual rehearsal. 
which we haven't been able to have in a couple of weeks. So. Wow. Um, uh, how many members are you guys going to have? Like 10? Probably. Okay. So you're like a My My Boston's band with lots of <laughs> lots of instruments. Yeah, just not, not so heavy on the We're actually very small on the horns. <laughs> oh, wow. Which is interesting. This is a hot metal horns. So. Yeah, there's, there's three of us. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right. Well, for Paul, this is Chris. Thanks for checking us out. Have a great night, everybody. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.